Hey everybody, it's Adrian. So before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to let you guys know that we now have a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. It has been set up. You can feel free to go and check out the tiers and see what's going on. We are so excited about it. We are really, really stoked to bring you guys some bonus content. And of course, who knows, maybe some things in the future. So go ahead and check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash slash her pod. That is a mouthful. Again, that's patreon.com slash slash her pod. And it's slash her with two H's. So S-L-A-S-H-H-E-R slash her pod. And go check out the tiers. And we appreciate you guys' support. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. And it's week two of August. Mm. Um, you know, things are vibing, things are thinging. <laughs> we didn't really introduce le- the theme this month, so we are already into the thick of road trip horror. Yeah, so... Um well, first off, everybody, uh, we've been so busy. I think we talked about it on the most recent episode that we recorded, which I think was the one right before Joyride. I already honestly forgot. Um, I've been disassociating, girl. Yeah, I don't know same. what's going on. So it's been so busy, but we pretty much are settled at this point. Um, I mean, first off, Stormy now resides in Las Vegas. So, claps for Stormy, everybody. Claps and claps. I think we've said that we've been recording in the same room a couple of times, but I don't know if we've straight up been like, uh, I live here. Pretty much all of Aquatic Horror was done in the same room together. So we're pretty much, yeah, with each other at this point, which is awesome. Uh, very proud of you, Stormy. So Thanks. happy that you're Thanks here. Thanks for all the help. You're my yeah. best friend. I can't believe... <laughs> We're finally here. We've been talking about it for a long time. A very long time. This is wild. But I'm so happy you're here. But again, guys, I mean, again, it's been legitimately a month of chaos. Um, And now we're here. And I also ended up getting like very sick during this moving process. I was sick for like over a week. So we didn't have the opportunity of like recording a few episodes and stockpiling uh, stockpiling like a few of them like we've been trying to do. Yeah, we we used all of our stockpile. Yeah, so we had legitimately had no choice. We recorded the episode with Fear Street from last week over a month ago, I think now. Um, And that's just, that's literally all we had ready to go because I, you know, and we're recording this legitimately night before release. Um, Which is a day late. (laughs) So sorry. Thanks for understanding. Um, We've already, I've I've already addressed, of course, our Patreons. Um, You guys are amazing, obviously, for your understanding. So thank you guys so much. And yeah, so we're pretty much just barely jumping back onto the recording bandwagon. 
Um, and because of that, yeah, we want to give it like an introduction. We didn't really get to discuss it last week because <laughs> we didn't record like uh, we didn't record that part last week. We didn't get the chance. Um, so, yeah, this month we are obviously discussing road trip horror. Um, and honestly, this is one of my favorite uh, subgenres in horror. Like I love road trip horror movies. So I'm very excited that we get to talk about them this month. You know, I don't think I'm very well versed in road trip horror in general, but I love road trips. Um, so the few that I've seen really stick out, like just in my day to day life, because I spend so much time traveling. Um, but now that I live here, I don't know that I'll be going on road trips right now. <laughs> I yeah. mean, so with that, then like if you're not like too versed on it, so you haven't seen like too many like road trip horror movies, I guess. Yeah, no, not really. Um, I can think of the Forbidden. Eeper Teeper, and <laughs> oh, very that. Uh, I can think of that. I can think of this movie because I have I have tried to see it a couple of times. Um, Joyride now sticks out for sure. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I'm sure that I've seen them, but they don't like stick out. Well, for me, uh. I mean, the crazy thing is, is, like, there's some movies that, like, I haven't, like, in my brain haven't connected to being, like, road trip horror movies for some odd reason mm -hmm. until, like, looking into this month and, like, deciding what movies we wanted to talk about. Because um, when I was going through lists and rankings and people, you know, making their own lists on Letterboxd and, you know, articles talking about this subgenre, I mean, I would see movies like The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is obviously like a road trip. But like in my head, I was like, that I never pictured that as being like a road trip horror movie, even though it very much is. Um, because in my mind, the only knowledge I have about the subgenre is like Wolf Creek. Um, the Hitcher movies, uh, Rest oh, Stop. Oh, The Hitcher. I forgot yeah, about yeah, The yeah. Hitcher. I like The Hitcher movies. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know them. I just... Yeah. They don't stick out. But I don't know. What do you think makes these movies so scary? Because I feel like most road trip horror movies are terrifying. Like, there's something about them that, like, really gets under my skin. It really makes me uncomfortable. And in watching Wolf Creek, uh, I think it kind of solidified that feeling for sure. Yeah. And even in something stupid like Joyride, uh, like, there's still moments where I'm like, this is still kind of scary. I think what makes them so scary is that, like, nothing spectacular has to happen to you in order for you to be in this situation. Like, literally, all you have to do is go visit some family and you're in the middle of this fucking movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you have car troubles, and here you are. You're in somebody's fucking shed <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. I, I feel like, I don't know, girl. Like, I feel like as long as I can remember, like, anytime somebody's, like, had a scary story to tell for camping or, like, having a sleepover, like, somebody tells a story about, like, a hitchhiker. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like like these types of scary stories have been around for so long. Like, since cars have been able to hit the road. I feel like people have just been like, you will be murdered if you're, yeah. like, on a road by yourself on a, in a deserted area. Mm -hmm. Like, you could very well be murdered out here. Yeah. Anytime I think of Hitchhiker, I think of two things. I think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think it's 2003. I think of that scene. <laughs> yes. Blown to smithereens. <laughs> I think of that. And then... And then I think of, um, like, the, I guess you would say, like, the ur urban legend where, like, they pick up a, a woman on a rainy night and they take her to her house. And then yes. he go the lady forgets something in their car and he goes to return it. And the da the person who answers the door is like, that person's been dead for 20 years. <laughs> That's what... 
what I think about every single time. Yeah, see, a so like I think of Urban Legends right away too. You know, I think of you know the man in the back seat, Ooh, or yeah, um, uh, you know when the, the the couple's out making out in the car by themselves. Ooh, where he's his fingernails are scratching on top of the car. Yes, yeah. and I think I don't. It doesn't really fully fall into just road trip horror, but I think vehicles in general <laughs> Vehicle horror. are so scary. Rubber. Right? Yeah. Because <laughs> some of like the most like terrifying things that I can recall from horror movies, they always like involve a car. Mm-hmm. Like the scene in uh in Zodiac where you know obviously the couple's out at the right. yeah by themselves. Like that scene always freaks me out. There's a scene in a movie that I have not seen since 2007, uh Penny Dreadful. Yeah. Which I think um I can't recall directly, but like, and I don't want to spoil it if, if you haven't seen it, but I, there's like a person like with a really scary face or something. And I remember there being like one specific jump scare in the car, in the trunk that like really freaked me out. And I've never gone back and watched it. Uh, but like some of the scariest things that I can recall, like it always involves a car of some kind. So I don't know. I, to this day, look in my back seat before I get into my car. Yes. Like, well, and then... Another thing that, I mean, this is kind of going off on the rails a little bit, <laughs> but I think about like, have you ever heard the stories where there's somebody like hiding under the car and they cut your Achilles tendon when yeah, you're going to legend. get in? Yeah. Yes. See, it really is these stories and these urban legends that really have us like in our shaking in our boots. Shaking in our boots. Yeah. <laughs> but not even that girl. True crime. Like how many times oh, do yeah. we hear about a story of somebody, you know, driving somewhere by themselves or going to mm-hmm. go visit somebody and they're just in the missing. That's how half of these podcasts I listen to. It's just like she was driving to go see her Aunt Sally and like never fucking seen again. And I'm like, yeah. lit. Okay. What movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> never mind. I was like, <laughs> wasn't there a movie that we just watched where like a girl was listening to True Crime at the very beginning? I was like, oh, it was They Them. So, And we don't want to talk about that movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, That was that was rough. We did, okay, guys, full transparency. We haven't seen it. But there's so we much. We watched 15 minutes. We watched the first 15 <laughs> minutes and I was just like. Mm, maybe we'll come back again later but again like since the reviews were coming out about that movie before it even came out i was a little concerned but i mean i remember and to me i'm just a negative bitch and now we're already on a different tangent uh (laughs) but they them is like such a heated topic especially within the queer community so i'm just like we probably want to touch on it a little bit i suppose even though we haven't seen it so like our opinions on it invalid i i can't i can't tell you what i think about it i haven't seen it uh but i remember when we had the announcement that we were getting a movie called they slash them and i was like that sounds awful like that sounds so awful and in my mind i was like this is going to be bad but then i saw obviously you know a lot of my mutuals a lot of people on twitter being like this is going to be great and representation and i'm like yes you're right we need this but in my mind and i'm just negative stormy knows this i always just in my the back of my mind i'm thinking about the worst in any scenario so in my head, I'm like, this is going to flop. Like, I just don't, I don't have a good feeling about this. And then I saw that Blumhouse was attached to it. And I was like, are we, like, are, my fellow queerdos, are we really that excited about this? But, you know, again, in my mind, I'm like, hey, representation matters. You know, we still have a queer cast and we still have a queer director. And maybe something will come of this. And then, you know, the premise pops up and it's about a conversion camp. And I'm like... Yeah, like the doubt it was just building up since I've heard about this movie. But in, again, you know, I'm like, but let me push through this. I'm trying to be a better person. It'll probably be OK. And then, you know, the reviews started coming out. I'm pretty sure the first review I saw, um, I think it was fr- uh, by Shannon from Nightmare Conjurings. And I think she liked it or Nightmarish Conjurings. And, you know, she enjoyed the film. 
I was like, okay. But then after that, I was I majority of what I was seeing was like negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe Jason Scott, who is also a mutual on Twitter, also really enjoyed it. And I believe that they are putting together an article discussing why they really enjoyed this film and why it worked for them. Um, you know, but then there's a lot of individuals who just really weren't vibing with it. And uh, you know, for the sake of my own mental health, I've kind of looked into those reviews a little bit. I wanted to see kind of what the discourse was. Because I wasn't going to want to sit through something that was making people in the queer community like very upset, you know, and I didn't want to be one of those people who was very upset. Yeah, um, I think I still will watch it, obviously, on my own eventually. Um, but just again, I've had a seed of doubt in my mind since I've heard about this movie. So I don't think I'm going to be rushing to watch it anytime soon. Um, but kudos to you if you enjoyed it. <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter describe it as like a Bible thumpers take on horror and I, I I'm, the curiosity in me wants to know what that means, <laughs> but the other half of me wants to just live in ignorant bliss. I mean, I am going to get high and watch it at some point. Like, it's going to happen. Like, I'm not going to deny myself the opportunity to watch a movie called They Slash Them with Kevin Bacon. Like, it just sounds Kevin silly. Bacon. So, like, I'm going to watch it. What if he it. breaks out into Footloose? That's how he tries to convert them. Is <laughs> he teaches them the dance from Footloose. There, I, I swear to God, if there's a moment in this movie where he dances, where anybody breaks out into dance, <laughs> I will be. I don't dance be, it out, queerdos. <laughs> I probably won't be fuming. You know, that seems campy, so maybe it'll fit the theme, but it will also just lean into, I think, <laughs> the negative mindset that yeah, people have right. with this movie if something like that were to happen. Is that what we're getting here, people? Are we getting random moments of like dance or is somebody, oh my God, Stormy, I swear. And I hope it happens. Um, and I did uh, watch the horror queers interview with like the cast of characters mm-hmm. um, and the actors, of course. Um, and they're amazing. And like, if anything, at least watch this movie to at least give them the opportunity to display like their talents. Um, but if anybody like in this movie is like slay pussy bitch at any point <laughs> in a conversion camp, she's going to be camp and I'm probably going to laugh. I don't know y'all honestly if it's maybe just the the slang the queer slang slips and then that's (laughs) i swear i better get a sleigh a pussy i want to get a yas i need a yas i need a boots Boots. (laughs) (laughs) um i need i just need something i need somebody the vogue at some point like i need they're voguing behind people's back give me the queer culture you know i hope if anything i know the ending is what's really taking people out so i hope you know, the first hour and 30 minutes or whatever can be campy enough to where I can. An hour like and 30 minutes. How long it. is this fucking movie? Should we look how long this movie is gone? Okay, so like, maybe. How? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, <laughs> can you teach me how to use the phrase, the boots, the boots phrase? Every time I try to say it, it sounds so fake. And I'm like, <laughs> people won't know that I'm actually queer. Because <laughs> I can't, I don't know the lingo. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, it's something that you do hear quite often in queer culture. And I mean, I think obviously, and it's been a topic that's been discussed amongst the internet um, with Gen Z and like their slang that they're trying to, you know, Trying to Implement. say is their yeah. yeah is their slang, uh you see you, you see it a lot especially on TikTok like slay the house boots down all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean initially it's just queer culture you know it derives from the ballroom scene and like uh, I mean like for me personally like I beyond like discussing anything like queer like I don't use it right. <laughs> uh, but if something slays I'm like yes girl slay the house boots down. Um, 
but I don't know. I think obviously if everybody anybody sounds so cool saying it and I try <laughs> and I'm like, I sound like a poser. I sound like the straightest poser you've ever heard. <laughs> the uh, See, the thing is for me is like, I'm the type of person where, listen guys, this is delusional. So I never want to put, you know, the, the education responsibility on my <laughs> shoulders. I'm not right. that bitch. Uh, so if you of course want a more in-depth uh, look into and discussion of these terms, of the uh, you know queer culture, ballroom culture. Just go watch Paris is Burning. I think it's on, it's on a streaming platform somewhere, and I yeah. will find it. But I mean, that is a great documentary that pretty much just displays the ballroom culture in. I think it's in like New York and Harlem Heights, and or in New York, New York and Harlem back in like the late '80s, early '90s. It's phenomenal, mm-hmm. and pretty much queer language and queer culture is like so. I mean, obviously that's what the movie is about. So that's where a lot you'll hear a lot of these terms. You hear slay. They talk about reading. I mean, if you want like a background on queer culture, just go watch that documentary. Um, so that way, all these fun little you know the the lingo of the queers, you'll have a clear understanding of it. <laughs> and obviously, if you're not queer, use it responsibly and be an ally. Um, but yeah, guys. I mean, maybe once we eventually watch the them, we'll do something with it because I feel like we have to. It's our obligation as a queer to horror support podcast, the cast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to at least provide some type of insight into that movie. Uh, so we'll do it eventually, guys. If you guys are really interested um, in us discussing it or watching it, maybe we can do like an audio commentary, or we can go onto Clubhouse. We can do TikTok Live, whatever you guys would like. I mean, we can do something with it um, because I just know it's going to make me laugh at one point or something. You know, I just know it. Laugh at how sad I am. (laughs) (laughs) Also. Also, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Also, we watched The Long Night. Ooh. Um, Whenever Adrian brought it up. Like on the screen, I wasn't exactly excited (laughs) about it. Just because. Wait, so context. So okay. we. Oh my God. It's storming. It's storming here. Stormy. Stormy, baby. <laughs> uh, so, context. Obviously, we were just trying to get a few movies from 2022 knocked out. Um, we're behind, girl. I've seen like six Very movies. behind. Um, and the horror queers, uh, they have, have an amazing podcast. hangout coming up soon where, you know, me and a few other horror content creators, individuals within the community, um, we're just discussing, you know, some of our favorite movies of the year so far. So I was like, I need to get some of these movies knocked out. Because when they reached out, girl, I was like, I'm at seven or something like that. I was like, I am at bone dry, baby. My bank is empty for this year. So I was just like going through movies. So one of them was The Long Night. I just randomly threw it on from Shudder, or it's on Shudder. Um, and Stormy, your thoughts on The Long Night? When we brought it up, I wasn't excited. It gave me, um, is it Gerald's Game? Where there, it's a couple that's in a cabin? Uh, yes. Gerald's yeah, game. it gave me that kind of vibe. I don't enjoy Gerald's Game. I know a lot of people do. We yeah, can I get into it. that discourse another day, but that's the vibe <laughs> I was getting. Um, but I'm... I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Did you? I did. Okay. So what about it did you like really enjoy? Um, so <laughs> it gives like occult vibes. Yeah, very cult, obviously. Um, and for some reason, like cults have always been a, uh, like a point of interest for me. Um, like even like Jim Jones type shit. You know what I mean? Um, or... Just like true crime cult, 
yeah. has always been my jam. Cults are cool. I uh, mean, not like that. <laughs> but <We're> like <laughs> uh, the, the topic and the discussion of cults. Learning like, about cults yeah, is cool. It's yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Not cool. That was a very right. poor use of that word. <laughs> it, it gives that. But at the same time, it feels very... Mm, like a new age look on it, I guess. How you say new age look? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I was less of a fan of the movie. Really? Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, so the movie it does have Scott Taylor Compton of Rob Zombie's Halloween fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I was so stunned to see her in this movie. She, I didn't recognize her like the first time that we saw her. I was like, I don't to know be fair, that was like a decade ago. It was a very long time ago. I will say, she's still screaming. Like if you remember her screaming in the Halloween movies, mm-hmm. she's back. But honestly, maybe that's why I enjoy it because I also really enjoy Rob Zombie Halloween. I love Scott Taylor Compton. I think she's great. I think she was a great Lori um, as well. I mean. It's been a while since I've seen the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I did really enjoy her in the first one. I thought she was, uh, at the time, somewhat of a modern, you know, uh, upgrade or whatever, a modern approach to the Laurie character. Mm -hmm. I mean, she just seemed a little bit more rough around the edges in comparison to Goody Goody, Laurie, Jamie Lee Curtis. So I enjoyed her. Rob Zombie's grunge on the Jamie Lee Curtis. (sighs) Yeah. But even even with that, she and herself seemed complete. I mean, obviously, because she was, you know. She's Michael's sister. Yeah. She seems disconnected from the Strode family anyway. Oh, yeah, for movie. sure. So I really enjoyed her in that movie. She was a little bit... It was a little wild. Halloween 2 is wild. Um, so the Rob Zombie Halloweens are, I recognize, general, are rough. I'm not <laughs> saying that they're great. I recognize the things that are wrong with them. I, As a fan of a lot of Rob Zombie's work, I recognize where the problems are. I'm not saying that, like... It's the end all be all, like, love it. But I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think I, I mean, not to get into it, but I do think I enjoy Halloween 2 uh, in comparison. I don't know. It, it's been so long. I need to watch that first one again. I just really. I'm trying to think of 2 is where they go on, like, the tangent with the fucking, like, the dream sequence and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2 is crazy. But, yeah. like, if you look at it as, like, it not, like, being maybe Connected. a Michael Myers <laughs> story. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a pretty cool story. Um, and there's some moments in that movie I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And in the first remake, I think I like everything. Once it be kind of leans into almost kind of being like shot by shot, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, once we get past like all the shit that Rob Zombie tacked onto it. Yeah. Uh, once we get into just like a modern view of like a vicious Michael Myers, mm-hmm. I'm kind of vibing. Um, but I need to rewatch it. It's been a hot minute. But I kind of like just like the overall plot of the second one. Uh, just because I think it goes fucking bonkers, girl. Sam Loomis being a complete asshole and like girl. misogynistic and crazy in that movie's wild. Lori just having like a mental breakdown the entire time's a great time um, for viewing experience at least. Uh, and Annie is great in that movie. I love um, Daniel Harris, um, and I love everything that she does in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Scott Taylor Compton's in The Long Night, right. and she's screaming a lot just like she did back in the day. Um, and I don't know, girls, beyond the screaming, she wasn't giving me much. Yeah. The, the story. Simple. Like Stormy said, it's it is simple. a cult. It's lacking. Yeah. What I enjoyed though is the visuals. It gives me very Sam Raimi, very like, um, evil dead vibes. Yes. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Stormy is, she's killing it. There was one point where we were watching 
And there was a specific shot where it was like zooming in on her face, I think. But then at the same time, like the camera, it's like an overlay and it's just like an image of like the forest or something. And it's like ticking around. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It it was very Sam Raimi. And so I was like, this is very Sam Raimi. And I was like, girl, you are right. And like from that moment, I was like just paying more attention to the visuals Mm -hmm. of the movie. Because quite honestly, like I could not get past like the dialogue and (laughs) the characters. Yeah. I was so focused on them because it was so ridiculous. Now, when you pointed out like the camera work and stuff, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, Stormy's right. Let me take it. Let me step back a little bit. And at that point, yeah, I think the visuals are great for sure. I think the music is cool. What it lacks in plot, it makes up for... In visuals, in music, in just overall scene work. Yeah, I agree. I really do uh, adhere to that. Also, uh, we have Nolan. What is his name? Nolan. I was rooting for him to die from the very... Nolan Gerald Funk, who is hot. Mm. Hot. Hot, 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 hot. He's so hot. Uh, what else is he in? Let me just go look. I feel like I've seen him somewhere else. Um, I mean, to each their own. X-Men girl. 2, The House at the End of the Street... Okay, I've seen him in a few things. Hot. He's very hot. Um, but yeah, he's, his character is awful in this movie. And he does the thing. He was doing the thing because he's like the rich guy and she's like uh, an orphan, I think. And like yeah. they're going back to Texas. Well, we don't know Texas. The, the <laughs> South. They just call it the South the entire time. We have no idea where this is. Didn't um, he say, I think he said like Louisiana at some point. Right, maybe or maybe she Alabama? Did. I was getting maybe Alabama, Arkansas. But they're in the South somewhere and he's like rich, like the complete opposite of her. And like the entire movie, he's just giving dialogue of like rednecks, hicks. And the phrase that bothered me the most was like, these are your people. Like, what the fuck does that mean? You classist, misogynistic piece of shit. Piece of shit. And then, like, when he said that, I'm like, they were on a plantation. I'm like, baby, if anything, your parents probably own this land. So you shut the fuck up, please. And thank you. And it's not even, like, obviously, since she's an orphan, like, well, in the beginning, we didn't know that she was connected to this plantation <laughs> at all. But, but, we, um, but if you got two, if you at least got two brain cells. You know, you know she's connected to whatever's going on here, girl. As soon as like she's moaning the as soon time. as the <laughs> which problematic in some of the attire, it's giving KKK in yeah. black. The cult attire. I mean, like, it's a cult. The so color. I think, yeah. No. You know, it's always going to look kind of you know sus like that. I know mm-hmm. the void, but is there's also straight up like a cone with eyes cut out. But it's, the only difference is it's in black. So, and they like, they set things on fire. So it gives me very like setting the crosses on fire vibes. So like that is a little icky for sure. Um, But as soon as like the main person that we see, I saw them like doing their, their witchy fingers. I was like, actually, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it. But like, I instantly was like, oh, that's this person to this girl. Yeah. Spoilers for y'all. I'm trying to keep spoiling. Can you hear the thunder? Yeah, she sounds great, guys. It's not my thighs. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think it's worth a watch, though. If you like cult movies. It's on uh, Shudder, right? It's on Shudder. Yeah. Uh, if you like uh, Scott Taylor Compton, then, you know, if you like uh, Nolan Gerald Funk, because they're you, hot. Quite you honestly. You don't get any sex. The entire well, that's time. That's why Adrian and I were rooting for the entire time. Nobody fucks. Yes, girl. Every time they were like alone in the room together, I'm like, please God, <laughs> let them us. fuck. Please God. They are so hot. Like, please just let them. At one point he's chained. And I was like, please fuck him back to life. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> one point where he's like tied up and like 
feet up. <laughs> Spoilers. And like she comes and she finds him. And I'm like, please, God, take off his pants. Well, ask for his consent. <laughs> take off his pants and just ride him while he's chained. Like that's what I was rooting for this entire movie. He has a shower scene at one point. I'm like, please, just show me more. Like just sex. I need sex between these two. They're Ooh, so hot. This, the shower scene. While he's in the shower and she's having that moment, it is very Evil Dead. Uh, that's also yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, you know what? There's moments. There's moments of promise in this movie. Yeah. There's moments of, um, whatever. We'll leave it with promise. But yeah, if you're like into cults and you know hot people, um, <laughs> walking around a house together. I don't know if I would advertise that I'm into cults, but you know. I mean. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are, yeah, very into these types of movies. Um, so if that's your bag, then definitely watch this movie for sure. If you want to see somebody who's supposed to be limping, forgetting that they're supposed to be limping a few times, <laughs> this is Switch your movie. Switch his feet. <laughs> this is the movie for you. Um, yeah, I don't think we've really seen anything else beyond Wolf Creek. Right? Not horror related, no. I mean, I did do some live tweeting for Fright Gown Summer. So I watched Creep for like the 20th time recently. Um, and I also watched We're All Going to the World's Fair recently as well. But if you want to hear my thoughts or see my thoughts on that, just go to my Twitter and like look for my threads where I did a live viewing with those two films. We're All Going to the World's Fair was wild. Very wild. It's uh, It was very surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody dragged me on Twitter like indirectly like the day after that because I... <laughs> When I went to go watch the movie, it was the first time I had ever seen it. And I was like, yeah, this is my first time seeing this movie, guys. And, like, the next day somebody tweeted and it went viral. They're like, if you're doing a viewing of a movie on Twitter and you're saying this is my first viewing, then you're the most annoying person in the world or something along those lines. Or, like, you're the worst type of person or something. I was like, damn, What the girl, fuck sorry. is that about? So I was just like, is this indirectly about me? My, uh... Honestly, fucking tag me because I'll fight you for Adrian. Uh, (laughs) It was not about me. Never, never on Twitter. I'm like, I'll fight you. (laughs) Um, But I mean, going off on that, like, I would rather see somebody's first thoughts for a live tweet than be like, oh my god, I love this scene. Yeah, I was gonna quote tweet it. This is my favorite. And I was gonna be, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I was gonna quote tweet it, and I was gonna be like. I was like, I mean, I was like, it makes, I mean, I, I, I feel like I would shot. have more, yeah, I feel like I would have you know more to say my first time. Reaction videos like go viral on YouTube. People make entire careers out of genuine first reactions. Yeah. So for us to do it via tweet. Yeah. For that to be an issue to you, like suck my ass. Yeah, and again, like again, like it, it's not about me, but like in my mind, <laughs> me I taking was it like, personally. No, but in my mind, I was like, when I saw that, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, well, I kind of enjoyed it because like there was when I was tweeting along with the movie, like I thought it was gonna go in a different direction, so right. I was like asking questions and like kind of giving my thoughts on it here, and then by the end of the movie, I mean we do kind of we kind of flip the script a little bit, and it. I'm glad I didn't see the the end yeah. for sure so we have we have a completely different flip of the script at least in my mind in yeah. where i thought the movie was going mm-hmm. and i mean it was enough to i was thinking sh- paranormal for sure for sure and i mean and again i mean the movie itself is you know it's still an art piece it's up for interpretation oh, yeah for sure you know? so there could very well still be you know super actual uh, supernatural elements that you can easily you know you know base on reality just depending on how you want to view the movie um but I don't know. It was like it genuinely went in a direction that shocked me, that made me have a very deep personal, um, like a visceral reaction to yeah. it. And it felt nice to kind of, you know, discuss it on Twitter. But, you know, I will now avoid watching movies for the first time on Twitter. No, <laughs> shut the fuck up. We're doing it right now. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much just been kind of where we've been, guys. It's been crazy. Um, thank you guys so much for keeping up with us. 
Um, but yeah, you, let's just go ahead and jump into Road Trip Horror. We haven't even talked about Wolf Creek yet, so let's go ahead and just kind of give a quick rundown on the movie of the week, and we'll be right back. Hey everybody, so if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating again. We're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, we are back, and this week we are discussing Wolf Creek. Originally released in the United States on December 25th of 2005, the movie was made on a budget of about $1 million. It would have an opening weekend domestically in the amount of about $2.8 million before getting a worldwide gross amount of around $30 million. The movie was made on a runtime of one hour and 39 minutes. It was directed by Greg McLean and has a very small cast. We have Cassandra Margrath as Liz, Kesty Morassi as Christy, Nathan Phillips as Ben, and John Jarrett as Mick Taylor. So three backpackers stranded in the Australian outback are plunged inside a hellish nightmare oh, of insufferable torture by a sadistic, psychopathic local. So, Wolf Creek. Okay, Stormy, so um, first thoughts that I have is like, have you ever seen this movie before? You said that you like had tried to watch it or something, right? Before? Yeah, I've tried to watch it a couple of times. I've not made it all the way through, um, but not because of like boredom or anything. It's just always been like, I get distracted. <laughs> so it's like playing, but I'm not giving it my full attention for sure. Are you guys, I wonder if you guys I are wonder, getting like the full There's fantasy. a monsoon outside. It's a storm. Like we have a thunderstorm happening right now. So I don't know if you guys can hear that. We'll be talking very loud from this point <laughs> forward, just in case. Um, <laughs> um so, yeah. And also, this is the first time in a while that, like, we've watched the movie in advance before recording. Um, usually we watch it, and then we come upstairs and we record. That's how it's <laughs> been for, like, the past month. Um, so, but you said this one is based off of something, correct? Like, yeah. true events? Yeah. So, I mean, with this movie, we get, like, the classic fashion of horror where we get the disclaimer that it's based on true events. Which um, I put no, I put no weight in nowadays. Yeah. See, Every time I see, I see that, it, I'm like, okay, whatever. Just roll my eyes. Yeah, same. When I see it, I'm just like, okay, great. So, we're going to get, like, this is loosely, very loosely based off of something that happened, maybe. Yeah. Um, but with this in, with this movie in particular, it, I mean, with the events that it was based off of, um, I mean, I think they did the best that they possibly could to try to base this movie off of those events. Uh, first, before we do kind of get into that, I will say that I do remember watching this movie opening, I don't think it was opening night, but it was on its first initial theatrical run in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I remember watching it in my hometown back in New Mexico. Like in at the Portales. theater? In Portales, girl. Girl, what? And if you remember the theater in Portales, it doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yeah. But oh, there's it's only two screens. It's apartments now. <laughs> yeah, they're apartment buildings now. Uh, or it's an apartment building now. But there was only two screens. So the film or the theater only allowed for two movies at a time for like a week or two weeks every, you know, it would switch out very uh, frequently. So I was able to catch Wolf's Creek at the time. I was nine, I think, when this movie came out. Yeah. Um, so I believe it was me and 
my parents maybe it may have been like an aunt or an uncle i don't know i the adult in the situation is gone from my memory but i remember sitting down and watching this movie in the theater i remember it being distinctly empty not a lot of people were in there and i remember being so terrified by this movie that i have not seen it again until we watched it together Mm -hmm. like it freaked me out like it genuinely scared me as a kid being based on true events and then i mean spoiler alert the two girls getting completely butchered and not making out of this movie. And I think this is the first time in horror that I can recall there not being like a final girl per se. So I remember right. seeing the uh, male in the movie survive and like being completely like shocked. It threw me off. I was like completely freaked out by it as a kid. And I just, I'd never come back to it. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that I haven't either because I think, I don't know, if we're looking at this subgenre, she might be one of my favorites. I think she's probably like, the most like realistic approach to this genre. Do you know what I'm saying? I think so. I feel like it is because there's moments in the Hitcher, at least from what I can recall, we'll talk about it when we rewatch those movies uh, where, where things kind of get a little, you know, horror movie. If it was Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, but this one is like the most tropey. straightforward approach. I feel like to this like subgenre for sure. I think this one has sat with me throughout oh my god sorry yeah the rain is so aggressive right now sorry (laughs) guys um i think this one like sits with me a lot is because once we get to the locals house tell me that doesn't look like somewhere in new mexico yeah exactly i mean the thing is okay also before we guess get into even more of the movie talks my knowledge on australia is so Sorry, Kat. We love you. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember when I was on Kat's podcast, when I was on TJF, like we had a brief discussion about Wolf Creek uh, because like uh, when I was on her, uh, when I was on her podcast, I was like the same thing I'm saying now. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like my knowledge on Australia is limited and I will repeat it throughout our tenure as a podcast. Delusional at the beginning of this podcast it really does stand for something. I am college educated, but I am not educated. When it comes to like geography and most things, to be quite honest, I'm clueless, y'all. Like I don't know anything. So like my knowledge of Australia literally comes down to this movie, to a TV show. It was a reality television competition dating show called Outback Jack <laughs> from 2004. Or 2003, I believe. It was, it was early 2000s. So this movie, that reality show, and then RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. That is my knowledge of What is that Australia. kangaroo show? There's a kangaroo movie, oh, too. Oh, yeah, that movie that came out with... I don't remember who was even in it. Girl. Kangaroo it, Jack or something? In my, in my brain, it looks like Owen Wilson, but I, it's not. I don't think so. I think he was like a brunette. Who? It was a brunette, the actor guy. Oh. I think Anthony Anderson's in it, I'm pretty sure, but I don't know who the white man who was. Um, um, but also, you forgot, most importantly, Finding Nemo. <laughs> what What about What about Finding Nemo was in Australia? Because they get to Australia, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, and also... Wallaby Way, Sydney, girl. Uh, you're right, you're right. Also, I mean, my knowledge also extends to Olivia Newton-John. May she rest Aww, in peace. Oh, yeah, she died two days ago now. Yes, our sweet legend. Um, rest in peace, sweet queen. But she, for the longest time, was like the one Australian uh, like celebrity individual that I knew. Um, so like that was my knowledge of Australia. And quite honestly, that's probably still my knowledge of Australia. Uh, so this movie, like being like 
one of the only things I know about the country really doesn't lend itself to me ever wanting to go there. I would love to go. I would still go, but for sure. Like the accents? Oh, hot. So hot. Cat's hot. So hot. <laughs> <laughs> like the accent is hot. I don't know for if Australians sure. like my I don't think it'd be my favorite maybe, but it's a hot accent. Yeah. It's sure. very beautiful from what I've seen. Like the beaches are very beautiful. Um, but also y'all got some wild creatures down there. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the creatures down there are pretty crazy girl. Um, but uh, I mean, okay. So I guess coming back to the movie a little bit here. Um, so if we are looking at these murders, we they're loosely based off of the backpacker murders is what they're called that plagued Australia back in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, now apparently backpacking in australia was like really popular around this time um it was like seen as very inexpensive and adventurous and like the aspect of hitchhiking across the the country was exciting to people australia is also one of those countries where like a vast majority of it is like unknown yeah so i guess the the idea again of like traveling around it was like fun to people (laughs) but I don't know. The idea of like hitchhiking and backpacking, especially as I get older, just continuously seems less exciting to me. No. Like, would you ever do this? Would you ever travel to Australia and like hitchhike and backpack all over the country? country? No, I wouldn't even do it in my home state, much less another country, which not to shame anybody that does, but I just, I could never. Maybe, maybe a little bit of shame. This shit is scary. (laughs) I know too many not personally, but I know too many true crime <laughs> stories that start out exactly like this movie. And I that's a hard pass for me. Exactly. Like, I would never do it. Like, it's crazy that, like, this is something that people did. Like, I can't, like, I can't, like, unless I was, like, in a position where, like, this was my only option, I don't see myself ever standing out anywhere. I mean, they don't do it in this movie. It's a road trip. Uh, but the hitchhack, the hitchhiking aspect of it, I would never. I could never see myself just sticking my thumb out on a random road in the middle of nowhere and just letting somebody pull over and put me in their car. Right. No, I couldn't. Well, there's like a specific one, and God bless her soul, I don't know her name off the top of my head. But um, I believe it's here in Nevada. Um, but she was a young girl. <laughs> <laughs> she was hitchhiking. Um, the guy agrees, says that he's taking her the right way. She's going the wrong way. Ends up like cutting off limbs and shit. And yeah. she like packs mud into her what's left of her limbs and like somehow escapes and like supposedly lived a great life after that. But like we talked about what? this. If you guys In go back world? to um our very first true crime episode, uh this is one of the stories that I I think it was me that talked about uh, this exact story that Stormy's talking about where this, uh, yeah, she was a young girl picked up and this man, um, I mean, sexually assaulted her, right? cut off her arms and legs, I believe, and like threw her body off like the side of the road, like off of like a, you know, some type of hill. Yeah, and she like army crawls her way back up to the roadway and yeah. somebody saw her. And a couple picks her up yeah. um, and they were able to get her, you know, to safety. But like, I like y'all. I could never. I can't. Like I can't. Like it's just like it's. I want you guys to take care of yourselves. Um, if you have the means of traveling, 
any other way, <laughs> like, please just do that. Like, hitchhiking is so scary, and I don't know, y'all. I mean, the fact that people were doing it, obviously, more frequently back in the day when, you know, communication was less effective, and like, I don't know. It's crazy. People were really living on a prayer back in the day. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Which I could, I'm so glad I was never, <laughs> obvious, this is impossible, but I'm glad that I wasn't a parent in, like, the 70s, the 80s, like yeah. where it was like normal for them to be like, well, okay, well, call me when you get to a bus station. Like, no. My my child went to visitation with her father and I bought her a watch so she could <laughs> call me. <laughs> like, I could never. Yeah. I mean, and things like with, uh, you know, like the, the black phone recently as well, like kind of solidifying, especially like within the 70s, 80s, 60s, like that general area where, I mean, a lot of people within like the true crime community and stuff kind of dub that like the golden age of serial killers. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know. It's so scary. And again, like the people who do this kind of thing, whether it be for fun or necessity, it like y'all guys are so brave. I, I could never. I, my anxiety wouldn't allow me to get into a vehicle with a complete stranger. Like, I just, I can't see myself ever doing that. Well, and to bring it back around <laughs> to Wolf Creek <laughs> is like, uh, who knows how long it's been since either of these girls have talked to her family, but we see one of them writing a postcard. And like, that's how they used to communicate, like a yeah. random, like, payphone call. And who knows if your parents were home or loved ones, whoever you wanted to like who knew if they were home possibly got a postcard um postcard wild Isn't that it's crazy? all wild to think <laughs> about like hey i'm doing okay and i'm alive in this foreign country here's a postcard i hope you hear from me again soon that's crazy to think about but then again at the same time like now it's kind of easier to pretend that you're okay because like a killer could take my phone and text my mom who's yeah, gonna be yeah, mom yeah. in my phone yeah like and be like hey i'm good like yeah see you soon also i mean the this is a different conversation for another time but <laughs> for like sure. also having like direct access to constant communication with everybody in itself causes a whole bunch of different issues oh, it's toxic because i sure. feel like i communicate less because of that because there's like the expectation the expectation to answer and i'm like I can barely get out of bed right now. Yeah. And like the expectation of like, I could reach out right now just adds a, like so much kind of crazy, like mental pressure that like, I can't even explain y'all, but, oh, but that, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was easier to like, I don't know, keep friendships back in the day. <laughs> Cause like, that's why our friends are still, I mean, our parents are still friends with people they were friends with in yeah. high school is cause they, because they didn't have to talk to them. As that often. and they didn't see their opinions on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, honestly, social media girl. Okay, so really fast before we kind of just run through the details of the movie here, because I mean, um, although terrifying, she's pretty you know straightforward. But kind of looking at the you know what this movie was loosely based off of. So we are of course looking at the backpacker murders, which and I'm going to be reading this off of Wikipedia, guys. Uh, so just you know disclaimer. So the backpacker murders were a spate of serial killings that took place in New South Wales, Australia between 1989 and 1993, committed by Ivan Milat. The bodies of seven missing young people aged 19 to 22 were discovered partially buried in the Belonglo State Forest, 15 kilometers or nine miles southwest of New Wales, uh, or excuse me, of the New Wales town 
Burima, which I think they talk about in this movie. Uh, so five of the victims, of course, were foreign backpackers, three German, two British, and two were Australian from Melbourne. Um, and this movie looks at the two foreign British travelers. And for these murders and for these serial killings, I do, of course, want to shed light on the victims. Um, so we, of course, again, have seven of them. So we do have, uh, let me see. And these are unsolved, right? No. So they were they oh, okay. convicted and um, arrested. I mean, I just said his name. My gosh. Sorry. Ivan Malat. Maybe. <laughs> but I already forgot his name. Ivan Malat. Um, oh, I think right, he probably right, passed right, away, okay. I think, in 2019. Rotten Hill. <laughs> so he, yeah. So they did convict him. But he never admitted to the murders. He never pleaded guilty. Um but yeah, but yeah, so really quickly before we do dive into the movie, obviously I do want to shed some light on the victims. I'm trying to get their names pulled up in an easy manner. So I'm not here having to like skim articles on Wikipedia. Do we ever figure out? So we have the two British girls, but how do they have the connection to this random Australian? Uh, I think that's just a part of the movie. Okay. Because in, in real life, it was just the two British women that went missing. So the two British women's, uh, the two British women were Caroline Clark and Joanne Walters. Um, they, of course, uh, had gone missing in 1992. Uh, yeah, if you can find them, we'll come back to them. Um, okay, guys. So we'll come back to the names of the victims here in a few. Uh, so let's go ahead and just kind of dive into the movie here. So, yes. What we are looking at here, again... Loosely based off of, you know, the real life tragedy of these two British women who were, of course, visiting Australia when they did go missing. I will say with a lot of these real life murders, the when the bodies were discovered, they were brutalized. They were decapitated. They were stabbed upwards of seven to eight times in the back as well as the front. And like these bodies were butchered. Ivan Malant was butchering these people. And it's terrifying. Like the discoveries that they made of the bodies quite honestly was it was her it was horrific to read through all of that um but with this movie they do add on of course another character with the women we do get a man so we do get uh ben i think is his name right ben yes ben yes so he's local he's australian and he's traveling with these two women um they're heading to a smaller town it's gonna take a long time for them to get there they've recently purchased a very old vehicle and they're using it pretty much, again, to road trip, of course, to their destination. Um, another thing I really do like about this movie, because we kind of get, like, we get an introduction to all the characters. Um, they seem like a good time. And I like that with this movie, it takes a little bit for us to get to the title card. Like, we do get a solid, I don't even know, at least, like, 15 minutes of, like, development. Like, we meet these individuals. Uh, we see them interact with one another. We get to see them party and drink and... You know, have a good time. They're on a trip. So, like, we get the idea that they're young, they're adventurous, and they're here to have a good time. And I don't know. I really do just enjoy, like, the beginning of this movie. I like the setup that we get for these characters. Um, they don't seem far-fetched as people. So I really, again, enjoy, like, the beginning of this movie for sure. Yeah, this the party sequence is something that, like, I mean, I've seen every time that I've tried to watch this movie because obviously it's right in front. Um, <laughs> it's what I imagined being like in my early 20s to be like. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I was sorely mistaken. But <laughs> yeah, uh, they're waking up on the beach. Like, that's like my fantasy. Like, I can only dream of getting drunk and like waking up on a beach. I still haven't done that. And I hope I can at one point. Uh, but we get a little bit of that in this movie. And 
I don't know. Like, they just give you the sense, of course, that these people, are again, are young. They're carefree. They're living their lives, and they're, like, adventurous, and they're hot, and they're sexy. And, like, we're, like, okay, these are cool people, and we would like to hang out with them. Um, but, yeah, so they can they start their journey. They start traveling. Um, they're trying to get to Wolf Creek, and we do come to learn that Wolf Creek is location of, like, a very well-known crater. Um, and... That's pretty much their first stop. That's their destination. Um, that's where pretty much, of course, the horror begins. We do get a moment where they do stop at a truck stop, like, right before they get to Wolf Creek. Um, and they're met with, like, some locals um, who are, like, I mean, obviously just very sexist. And they're looking at the two women and just being disgusting and making disgusting comments. Uh, when Ben come in, when Ben comes in, they're like, oh, uh, those are your two women. And, like, they're just nasty people. Um, but there was a moment where Stormy and I were like, are these people like connected to the murderer? Like, cause they, like, they were like creepy and like staring. But again, like we've come to see in horror, like that's kind of a trope when you make the stop before the real horror <laughs> the begins. The gas station, everybody's connected to the, the murderer. The gas station is always creepy. So I, I kind of think it just kind of leans into that trope. Uh, but for a moment, I mean... I mean, I don't know. They yeah. were really creepy people. Because especially, so they're, the group is walking out to the car. They get in. And then, um, like, the two people outside talk to, the, like, the gas station worker. Yeah. And they just giggle. Everybody giggles. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you laughing at, bitch? Yeah. How can I help? And Ben's also like recording himself with a camcorder, and we do find out later on that he's Nick a YouTuber. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he was a YouTuber before it was cool. Well, this is like when YouTube was getting big, so maybe that's what he was doing. Uh, but we do find out a little bit later that Mick Taylor was at this gas station watching them. Like he mm-hmm. was watching them the entire time. So in our head, that's where we're like, maybe the people, maybe they're aware that he's doing this. You know, maybe they allow him to, you know, sit outside and watch and look for victims. Um, that's never explained upon. That's never addressed. I don't know if the sequel addresses that or the TV show addresses that, um, or if it is just Mick Taylor on his own. Uh, but yeah, they were like really creepy. So yeah, I was side eyeing them from the beginning. I was like, is it the gas station worker? Um, so we're going to see him again. (laughs) So really quickly with our characters also, um, I think we kind of have like a love triangle thing going on. We don't get like too much on it, but we do pretty much get the vibe that Liz who kind of she's kind of like our main character a little bit she's kind of like leading the pack for a bit um, until she's brutally murdered Uh, but we kind of get the vibe that Liz is really into Ben Christy is like pushing Liz to like he's cute like hook you know he's hook up with him pretty much Trying to like wingman, but then sleeps with him. Well, I mean, we well, don't know. I mean, the imagery kind of like alludes, alludes to them to sleeping together. Her reaction, Christy's reaction the next morning kind of, I think, leads to that. Because after they, of course, we get the scene of them partying and having a good time. Uh, when they wake up, well, it's not even them. Christy wakes, or excuse me, Liz wakes up on the beach. Christy and Ben wake up together in bed. Christy has like a very, oh shit, reaction. And then when they stop at this gas station, Christy does talk to Ben and she's like, Hey, take care of Liz. She really likes you. Respect her. Don't treat her like, you know, you maybe treat other women. And she pretty much like gives them that pep talk. So it almost, again, feels somewhat like, is this like a love triangle thing? They really don't establish anything beyond that. Polyamorous. Yeah. So in the new world. Um, so we do kind of get a little bit of a, you know, a development to their characters and their relationships with one another. So it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, so they leave this gas station, they get to Wolf Creek. 
Um, once they get to Wolf Creek, and I think at this point too, I was watching with Stormy and my roommate Austin, who knows nothing about it. And Stormy obviously hasn't been able to like fully see the movie. So when we get to Wolf Creek, like that's when they start to have like the technical issues, the cars being weird, the watches aren't working, um, their phones aren't working. Like it felt very Stranger Things. <laughs> it felt very Stranger Things, but it felt very alien. So uh, we yes. were like, very nope. Yeah, very nope. But me, Stormy was like, is this an alien movie? And, you know, me with prior knowledge was like, well, I don't know, girl. But I like, like, for the first 30 minutes of this movie, you're like, this is an alien movie. Um, and they do a good job of, like, setting up, like, the isolation feel that they have. Because once they get to the hike, they see the crater. Also, am I just dumb? What happens to craters once they hit the earth? Which craters? You, you mean moon, meteors? Meteors. Yeah. yeah, meteors. What happens to them? So they crash and then they break into like a million pieces. So there's like fragments everywhere. And a lot of them are like embedded really far into the ground. Interesting. Okay. okay. And the pieces can travel like miles upon miles. Yeah, that would make sense. Okay. Worked. So they find this huge crater. She's gorgeous. Um, Liz like <laughs> love a big hole. I love a big hole. <laughs> I love a big loose hole. Yeah. Oh uh, but... At this moment, you know, they're there. They're hanging out. Liz and Ben sneak off together by themselves and they make out. Wanted them to fuck, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, would you fuck Ben? Hold on. Let me w- wait two seconds to see his face again. I would um, devour I mean, his cock, his dick, yeah. his penis. Be a proper little cock holster. I would be a cock holster. I, th- I think guzzler. so. I, would I think I would fuck everybody on the cast. Okay, you're right. Maybe, maybe not yeah. Christy. Why not? Um, I mean, not your I team. St- I don't. I still don't trust her. Not my call. Not my ball. <laughs> we got that little bit. Of, we get that little bit of scene of her with him, and I. I don't trust her. Mm. I just don't trust her. Um, but I would. Probably Mistakes happen, no matter what your friendship <laughs> is with people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I just don't trust her. I don't but think. <laughs> but look at him. He's hot. I think he's so hot. He has Australian accent. Yeah, I mean, he I looks like that. every basic army man I've ever seen. I mean, he looks very basic. He looks very basic. 2005, yeah. you know, he has like the big baggy cargo shorts and, you know, like a plain T-shirt. Um, he does he have a, a good head. smile, though. He's hot. Yeah. He's so hot. Um, they make sure to show us how desolate this area is with like shot upon shot of just scenery oh, with yeah. nothing around them. So much of they, the outback. <laughs> they really pounded in our heads that like there's nothing yeah. around them. Um, and the gas station that they stopped at is called Emo Creek. Uh, Emo. Emu? Emu? <laughs> Emu? 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 I can't wait to go to Emo Creek. <laughs> what is My it? chemical Emu? romance playing in the background. Emos, uh, do they live in Australia? Emus? Emus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they live in Australia. I think, didn't we just see emus walking? I don't know. I Again. I think we did. Well, I don't know. I don't know nothing. Hey, Siri. Where do emus? Are emus? I can't even say it. Emus, uh, emus. Do they belong? Hold on, bitch. <laughs> do emus belong in Australia? They're found exclusively in, in Australia. Australia. Wow. And inhabit nearly the entire continent. So where the fuck are ostriches from? Australia. Ostriches? Right. They are. Right? They're from Africa. Hey, Siri. <laughs> where are ostriches from? They're from Africa. 
Oh my god, Africa! Wow. Okay, let's just move on before we. You know how we said hole. delusional. Yeah, let's move on before we dig uh, ourselves a crater. Before we move on, I do have the victims' names if we want to. Okay, thank you, Stormy. Yeah, sure, so sure. these are the actual victims of the backpacker murders in the late '80s, early '90s. But this is loosely based off of. Right. So there's Caroline Clark, Joanne Walters, Deborah Everest, James Gibson, Simone Schmidl, Gabor Nigobauer, and Anja Hobshind. So may they rest in peace. May they rest in peace and may Ivan rot. Um, in hell. In hell. Honestly, don't. I hope he's not in hell. I don't want to see him. Oh. <laughs> <Work>. <laughs> um. Also, this guest, I mean, not to instantly fucking <laughs> switch the subject, but this gas station worker, sus as fuck, he's dude. Creepy. Yeah, he's very creepy. Is it his mouth? He gives me the cover of... Uh, the horror cam jelly jam from Goosebumps, where they just smile the entire oh, time. Oh, okay. That's what he's. Doing. I was thinking like Mad, from <gasps> yeah, mm-hmm, the kid. Yeah, he gets that vibes as well. God, I just want to suck. Stop. I really ben, do. Ben's on the screen for those of you <laughs> that you aren't in the tell, room with us. I just want to suck him off. Okay, so yeah, they he doesn't have an upper lip, so he looks like he doesn't have any teeth. I'm sucking his dick. He's not sucking mine. I don't need his lips. I don't need his DSLs. I just need him to have a DSLs. Nice there's just L's. There's half a L. There's a lowercase L. Okay. Then just he won't eat my ass. Just fuck me. Let me suck your dick. <laughs> he and fuck won't me. eat my ass. And that's it. That's all I need from him, right? Yes. Also, sorry guys I for the fucking with chair. A little bit of curve. Um. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> if you hear the chair, sorry. <laughs> Are boomerangs from Australia? Bitch, what? Are like boomerangs an Australian thing? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I also don't know if it's problematic to say I want this Australian man to have a boomerang curved dick. <laughs> boomerang dick. Where scoop boom- my insides out from the rear end. Oh my God. I'm horny for Ben, y'all. Like I don't know what to tell you. I am e. Uh, I I can't even think of a word. I can't think of an adjective to properly explain just how horny I am. Okay. For him. Yeah. A boomerang is a throwing stick used by Australian Aboriginal people, primarily for hunting. Okay. Hold on. We're boomeranging, like, our food? Interesting. Wow. Okay, well, I'm not going to, then, I'm not going to, uh, just because it is, of course, something that is from the Aboriginal individuals and people, I'm not going to say that this white man has a boomerang curved <laughs> dick, but I just want We're educating ourselves. Yeah. That's what's important. Uh, because, I mean, Australia has a very, if watching Drag Race Down Under has done anything for me, it's done... Um, it's at least opened my eyes to just the unfortunate racist history in Australia with its native and Aboriginal people. Um, and it's like a serious issue there for sure. Um, so yeah, this white man does not have a boomerang dick, um, but he can find He has an, an emu, <laughs> an <laughs> emu God. neck dick. Let's not do that. Uh, so um, <laughs> they find the crater, Liz and Ben make out, they get back to the car and at this point, yes, everything shut down, and they're like, uh-oh, we're fucked. And the night before they get to the creek, um, they have, like, a moment where they're camping and at the, the campfire, and Ben is telling them, hey, this area is very well known for UFO sightings and <laughs> all this shit. So when they get back to the car and it's shut down, like, he's like, it's aliens, y'all. And so the girls are freaking out. Which would out. be me, instantly. Yes. And I, I, I love that vibe. I don't know what it is about this movie. Again, everybody just seems so realistic. Maybe it's, like, the, the limited budget that they have. But, like, I don't know, because the movie doesn't 
it doesn't feel low budget, but it feels so grunt. It feels gritty. You know what I'm saying? So it gives mm-hmm. like a sense of realism to it, which I really like. Yeah. And the reactions to being stranded in the middle of nowhere in the pitch black and just fearing that aliens are going to come and kidnap them is legitimately exactly how I would react in that scenario. So I love it, to be quite honest. How many kilometers are in a mile? Um, so 15 kilometers is equal to 9.3 miles. And I know that just because I just read that on Wikipedia. So I would assume okay, by So they just math, drove 150 kilometers to get... <laughs> so that's at least roughly a little over half of... What was it? What did you say? 115? 150. <laughs> so what's half of 150? I didn't go to school for fucking math. 30? No. Oh, my God. 30? 130? It's like 70, right? No. So they've gone Yeah, 70. No. So 80, I would say roughly an average of like 80 <laughs> miles is what we're looking at here. I'm not educated. We me can, either, girl. We uh, can. Okay, so, but, so that kind of brings all this into question for me then. So they're having like these issues and like these, you know, the, their watches and the car. And I'm like, okay, so is there like something supernatural here, or is it really just Mick Taylor coming and like f- fucking with their car? I'm sure he did. I'm sure he fucked with the car, if anything. But like their other little technical gadgets, I don't understand how those things stop working. So right. that's why I was like, is there like aliens involved in this somehow? Are they just <laughs> he's like working around? with the aliens? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what? Is he an alien secretly? Oh my god! Imagine he. It's like you haven't seen him in black. But he's wearing a... A suit. A yeah, he's suit. wearing a, a meat suit. <laughs> I can um, see that. But, I mean, we always talk about it with, like, slashers and stuff. I need to see the behind scenes right. of Mick just, like, running around doing all these things all by himself. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see the behind, uh, the behind the scenes for this one because... Yeah, I don't know. Like it's him just like tippy toeing around, like fucking up the car, tippy toeing, fucking up a watch. Unless he has like a jammer or something set up out here, maybe. How are you going to set up a jammer in the middle of nowhere, though? Does it need to be like plugged into electricity? <laughs> I don't know how I jammers think, work. Um, I also don't know how they work, but like in my brain, that's how they work, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So I mm. that in my in my brain, that's going to be my explanation for it like he has some type of like weird thing that fucks with the technology his truck is a drammer <laughs> yeah like something <laughs> something's fucking with the technology uh the technology around this area i don't know what it is but they're here in the car by themselves stranded and they see a light in the distance and they're like oh fuck ufo and as it gets closer it is a truck and we do mick uh we do meet mick taylor for the very first time who is the serial killing xenophobic sexist rapist murdering psychopath of australia yeah i guess we should have gone over triggers before we started uh, <laughs> trigger warning for rape for, for sexual assault yes um i mean all the we normal see, ones for horror uh, movie, we don't for see sure. any actual rape assault, or sexual assault no but, but it's very it's heavily implied. yeah and yeah. It, it's enough to make you uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah for sure where i was like ready to turn off the movie yeah. <laughs> for a second also I, d- I know nothing about this actor at all um either i think he's, he's brilliant oh yeah for sure Mick but Taylor. he's gross so his character gross. is Disgusting. disgusting like he plays it very well and he has a very distinct accent um 
I feel like he keeps picking up and dropping an accent, though. It's maybe. not very consistent in my brain, but maybe it's just me. Yeah, see, because there's times, you're right, where he kind of sounds like he's not, like, feeding into it as much. And there's times, like, where it's very a very thick accent. Mm-hmm. And the the girls, obviously, as they are British, even kind of call attention to it. And they're like, Ben, your accent doesn't sound like that. Uh, so, obviously, you know, he's kind of operating with, uh, you know, the, the, the heavy Australian accent that maybe is stereotypical at this point. Um for a lot of people, of course, who aren't from the country. So he is just very over the top. He's very enthusiastic about these people out in the middle of nowhere. And see, for me, and again, we have the knowledge of this being a horror movie, but I'm like, okay, we're in the middle of nowhere. We're stuck. All of a sudden, this man shows up within, what, a few minutes of us, like, realizing that the car's fucked. Or maybe not. Maybe they're in there for a little bit longer. But, like, he just randomly shows up here. Yeah, and we're in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. Our lights don't turn on. It's pitch black. There's no way that you... Like, how did you see us? You don't know we're here. Right. You don't, sir. So, like, in my head, I would, like... If soon as he walked, as soon as he walked around the corner, I was like, "Good day, hello." I would have been like <laughs> punching the fuck out of him. I would have been like, "There's no way that your fucking outback ass knows that I was out here hanging out. You don't know this, sir. I don't trust you." But you know, these people, they really don't have an option. Again, this is 2005. Uh, yeah, like I don't. I just. I, I, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's a dire situation, so I can understand wanting to take help from somebody who is coming off very friendly. But I never trust anybody who's too friendly. Yeah, I don't trust friendly people at all. I don't, I don't trust people, period. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't trust people's intentions. Yeah. That's what I don't have any. You're my only friend. I mean, no, don't. <laughs> my friends listen to this podcast. Everybody else is shaking. <laughs> I mean, like, in person consistently, yeah. like, in my life, you're one of my only yeah. friends. So, and, like, that's why. It's because, like, I don't if we're being honest, girl, If I was in the middle of nowhere, stranded, and nobody knew where I was, and you randomly drove up, <laughs> and we're like, hey, I'm here to help you, I would be he like, no, just... you're not, bitch. You are not here to help me. You didn't We've know I was here. We've been five years. That's a long time to be plotting to kill you. <laughs> I'm Brenda from Urban Legend. Uh, these serial killers will sometimes harbor their victims for a very long time <laughs> and not kill them. But uh, It's I mean, time it, for me to secretly tell you so I've been in love with you this whole time. <laughs> and if you don't reciprocate, I'm murdering you. But no, but tell me. So say you were out in the middle of nowhere. I didn't know you were going on this adventure. It's mm-hmm. you and, you know, two hot people. And, you know, I managed to wrangle these two hot people yeah. into a car with and me. And okay. all I know is like, hey, you know, you're like, hey, Adrian, I'm hanging out with these people. We're going out of town. I'll see you later. And I'm like, okay. I don't know the aspect of the trip. I don't know mm-hmm. that you're like backpacking or driving <laughs> or road tripping. Like, I don't know that. Right. And say all of a sudden, I just randomly show up. Okay. Okay. When you paint the picture, Isn't I also. That sus? I would be very happy to see you. I would. It's kind of like. <laughs> it's just like the TikTok we talk about. It's like, oh my god, oh, oh my, my god. god. Very bad. <laughs> the it's second one would be weird. like dread. Like, hold on, <laughs> how did you find me? <laughs> the only people I can maybe see myself like being enthusiastic for would maybe be my mom and my sister. Uh, but even how would they know? Th- exactly. Even then, I would still be a little suspicious. But maybe, but since you're my we friend, we share maybe, location. Maybe my maybe my <laughs> mind would go to like surprise party instead of like oh Stormy's here, <laughs> Stormy's here to murder me. Maybe I'd be like oh she's here to surprise me with something. Right. But in my head, like you would have to know. Like again, I so just like, come up with a giant check. 
<laughs> Imagine. So, but, but still, so this random ass Mick yeah. Taylor guy popping up is just so suspicious. And he's and like, like thank, he's like, thank God I stumbled upon you. And I'm like, for one, what are you doing driving <laughs> out here in the middle of the night? For two, just what are you doing? Yeah. How far do you live? Because like, I'll be honest, I fell asleep whenever he's <laughs> <laughs> whenever he's towing them like to his house. Yeah. But like, it's a long time. Like, yeah. it's not a fast travel because he said he's like, well, by the time we get you back to the house and we get you fixed, like it'll be a while, like explains it. So like, why are you this far from home? Why? Why are you this far from home after dark in the middle of nowhere? Where nobody really is at because yeah. like they've showed us a million times that we're in desolate area. Yeah. So did you just randomly go? It's not like you're going down to like the Seven Eleven to grab a Coke and you just happened upon me. You yeah. Know? And my car was broken down in the parking right. lot. It's Even then, sus. I would be like, mm, I don't know. I mean, I would be, I would be more trusting if somebody happened upon me. Oh yeah, I would also be more way. trusting if there was fluorescent light around me. <laughs> fluorescent lights really. And just even suck then, the I'm vibe. so like, hmm. But yeah, but again, the circumstances are dire for these people. So they're like, well, we really don't know, you know, what else to do. So, and this man again is very charismatic. He's very enthusiastic to be helping out these strangers. And he's like, well, I could, you know, I could fix this problem with your vehicle back at my place. Um, I think he does let them know that he's going in the opposite direction. Um, but it's like, he's like, it's, you know, it won't take too long. Hope we can get there. I can help you guys out. And then you guys can just head back and do your thing and head back out on the road. And, you know, they take a moment, which I do like that they as characters take the time to first talk about it. Um, you know, they weren't just like, yeah, okay, and like immediately agreed to it. They did show a little bit of concern. They did question it a little bit. But it doesn't take too much for them to be like, okay, well. And honestly, more of their concerns just kind of revolved around the cost. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is, is honestly real. me yeah, all the time. Very real. Like, how much is it going to cost? But that was pretty much like their first concern. It wasn't like, hmm, he could be a sadistic individual with a murderous torture devices back at his place. They're just like, this can cost money. So, I mean, I understand that, but that's where their mind goes right away. So when Mick is like, well, Ben goes and talks to him and he's like, how much is this going to be? And then Mick like laughs at him and he's like, what? You're silly. It's not going to cost nothing. And they're like, which okay. is also sus. Which is also sus. Also, why and how? Do you have magically have the part that I need? How do you just know so on instinctively this, on this specific model? Unless you have the same fucking car at home, there's yeah, no reason for you to have. That. Well, I mean, I guess if you ran like a shop, but you don't run a shop. But they don't ask him, right? They don't get any kind of um, like explanation as to well, he's brand new. They're just like okay, it's yeah, they just free. Go with it. Say less. Uh, so it's, it's so frustrating. But again, I understand the circumstances are dire. They're legitimately in the middle of nowhere. There's no yeah. way around for miles. There's no way for them to contact anybody and let them know that they're around because there's no way of communicating with anybody. Uh, you know, so this one random person who's charismatic, enthusiastic, funny, cracking jokes, is willing to help them. I mean, really, what else can they do? So he you know, tows them up, attaches them to his truck, starts taking them to their home. And while they are on the drive back to his place, um, like that's when my fear would be at an all time high, right? Because they're in there where and they're are you like, "Taking me, yeah." And they're like, "Where is this, Ben?" Like, did he say exactly where this was? And Ben's like, "No, he said it was going to be a bit of a drive." But like, they clearly are in this car for I would say hours. 
because I mean, from their dialogue and their expressions and like how frustrated they look, they've been in these in this car for an hour, right. taken to the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And by the time they get there, it's like an old like base settlement kind of place. Um, it's a lot of property, and they even question them. They're like, "Did you like find this place?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, it was like abandoned by the time I got here." But they do get back to his place. As soon as they get there, they're all sitting around the campfire just talking before Mick does anything. He offers them what he calls rainwater. We come to find out, obviously, it's drugged. <laughs> this is a drugged liquid, but he gives them all water. Did you give me peyote? What is yeah, why What is the aboriginal like version of peyote? Because peyote here is obviously like native. Right. So I'm wondering if they have something Anything similar or if it's just straight up like some NyQuil, <laughs> you know? <laughs> is it uh, something wild? <laughs> but need to know what it is. He drugs the fuck out of these kids. Um, but before they even, like, pass out, when they're sitting around the campfire, like, they're joking, and they're, like, cracking jokes with one another. And uh, I think Ben makes, like, a, uh, a comment to Mick about, like, I guess just his appearance and his presence and like kind of making fun of him for being maybe, you know, stereotypically Australian. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, I think you were asleep at this point. He make legitimately just like stops. His face gets so serious. And the way that he stares at Ben is scary. And like the girls are like looking at each other. Ben's uncomfortable after maybe like, 20 seconds of it just being completely quiet with Mick looking like a psychopath. He like, he laughs and like breaks the silence and they just like go past that. And then he's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and get up and go fix your car. So then he gets up and he goes and fix their car. Uh, Liz goes and talks to him a little bit, but when she gets done having the conversation with him, she goes back to the fire. Ben and Christy are already knocked out. And when she notices that they're already hardcore knocked out, she passes out. She wakes up sometime later in like a storage like shack thing she's completely tied up she's barefoot she's screaming she's dirty she doesn't know how long she's been here and baby this is when the acting gets like top notch like these people in this movie are acting um but yeah so sam is like or not sam uh liz is forward to this point yeah let me go ahead and bring it up on the screen <laughs> sorry no we definitely want to see that hold on just because i missed um, but yeah, so again, this is where the acting, again, it's, she starts to eat. They are devouring their acting, uh, <laughs> their acting responsibilities in this movie. Um, so yeah, Liz is freaking out. She's crazy. She is so resilient. She is able to escape from this scenario. I don't know how she is just able to do this, but she's able to escape. Um, she has the motivation and the wherewithal that I surely would not have in this situation. Um, but she's able to escape. She gets out of her little shack. She runs off and she ends up going to like another shack or like the garage on the property. And she sees Christy's tied up. She's bleeding. Um, she's obviously have already been tortured and poked and prodded by Mick. And this is the instance where, of course, Mick is very disgusting, initially talking about sexually assaulting his other victims. Um, he's pointing to their dead carcasses, which he has like hanging on the wall. Um, he has like a table full of weapons. It's a very unsettling scene. Um, uh, Christy, she's phenomenal in the scene. The actress, she um, really gives her all. Uh, her terror is very, it comes off, uh, it just comes off uh, you know, on the screen. It's, yeah. She does great. It makes the scene work. And it's unsettling. It really is, it's a hard scene to sit through for sure. 
but it does really just add to mixed character. Like, I mean, it does what it's supposed to do and it makes him disgusting. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just the whole last 45 minutes of this movie are uncomfortable. They're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's a good mix for sure. It, it gives you the horror element that I really enjoy is, which is like true disgust. <laughs> yeah. And what I love, honestly, Liz is serving me in this movie um, because I like just how quick she is to think. So obviously in this moment, Christy's being assaulted by Meg. So she quickly um, runs off and she starts uh, a fire in one of the vehicles that are on the property, um, which causes, of course, Mick to become distracted. So he goes out to get rid of the fire and while he's doing that, she runs inside, she gets Christy loose, she grabs a gun and hides it under the table. Um, so by the time Mick comes back into the room and uh, uh, you know starts harassing Christy again, she like starts laughing, Christy does, because obviously Liz has made her presence known. She has Mick at gunpoint and she shoots him directly in the neck, which is badass. Um, it doesn't kill him because, you know, this is a horror movie. Um, he literally just stuffs a rag in it and keeps going for he the rest of the movie? The rest of the movie. I don't understand how he's alive. He right. shouldn't be. He was shot in the neck. And the thing is, is like, shoot him in directly in the forehead, girl. If you have the shot a little bit over to the right, it would have been right on the Adam's apple. Or take more than one shot. <laughs> Make the sure they're dead. Oh, my God. She goes what is it? and starts hitting him with the gun on the back. I'm like, girl, that's not going to do anything for you. Yeah, not in the uh, at least fucking take it to the dome, dude. Put like bash foot. his skull and yes, take your foot, barefoot or not, put it over his throat, and when I tell you, use the all of the might that you have in your body to put the pressure on that throat with your foot until you hear it snap. God, that's what we need to do in these situations, people. Like that's what we need to happen. But she shoots him once in the neck. Um, then the girls run out of the garage. They get into a vehicle. There's no keys. Mick comes back out again, holding a rag to his, you know, very serious wound. Uh, he starts shooting at them. Uh, Liz decides to drive the car. For, well, she goes back in actually to grab his keys while he's still unconscious. Gets back in the car. That's when he starts shooting at them. She proceeds to then, of course, drive through the garage trying to hit him. Um, she doesn't. So she backs up, and her and Chrissy just leave the scene of the crime pretty much and in my head i'm like okay you know what i feel bad for ben but in that moment i'm like okay yes girl get the fuck out of here yeah so i was really cool i, w I was shocked i don't remember that i didn't remember this at all um i remember the ending of this movie and that's pretty much it i remember mm -hmm. being just shocked and like everything else is a blur to me i just remember being scared um but her just driving away from the scene of the crime i was like oh i like this yeah it's Shit's wild. Also, <laughs> I do want to put it on the record that you explaining how to like fucking snap somebody's neck could quite possibly get like somebody could just edit around that and be like, Adrian sent me this, <laughs> setting you up for murder, girl. Yeah, so. She's a little suspicious. But again, in my head, I'm, I don't trust anybody. I fully expect anybody at any point to try to kill me. Um, and like we talk You're right. about, I yeah. just <laughs> pull out and a like knife. We talk about in these horror movies. I am ready to make sure that this person doesn't kill me. Right. Um, so yeah, I would, again, my foot would be on throats if mm -hmm. I was in the situation. If I had the opportunity 
to take the upper hand and kill my assailant? I'm going to do it, y'all. Like, I don't know if some of you guys won't. I don't know if that's like a conversation that, you know. Are you any better than them if you murder them? That displays my morality. But I'm killing anybody who is trying to kill me. Oh, yeah. Or is butchering my friends one by one. Mm-hmm. No remorse. No. Morality is out the window. I'll happily go to jail and or hell <laughs> if that's happening. And that is just the tea. I will, if one of my friends is murdered by somebody, I will do what I can to reap justice upon <laughs> this earth. Like, no, ma'am. I am ready to okay, beat the up. <laughs> Scream five. <laughs> this ends. Fully get weathers running around with a notepad, just fucking just taking notes wherever oh my I God. go. Um anyways, yeah. So they drive away. Obviously, Mick is still alive, and so he is able to drive a vehicle coherently with blood gushing from his neck. Uh, your guess is as good as ours is how he's doing it, but he's doing it. Um the power of evil, you know. But he's chasing him through the outback. They get to like a um what would you call it? Like a canyon, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they stop the car. They push the car. Liz, I really wish you would. She's have really lived, thinking on her feet. She really is until the, up until her death. She <laughs> yeah. really fucked up there. I'm like, girl, I was rooting for you, but she again thinking on her feet is like, Christy, let's push this car off. He's gonna see the lights go over. He's gonna think we're dead. That gives us some time. So they do it. They push it off. They hide. Mick shows up. He does exactly what Liz says he does, and he goes all the way down to investigate. They then, of course, uh, go all the way back to the camp. They're going to try to find Ben, uh, try to find a vehicle or any other means of escape. Uh, so when they get there, Liz is like, Christy, you stay here. If I'm not back by, you know, this amount of time, or whatever, run and find the street and get out of here. And so Christy's like, OK, girl. So Liz goes and she, <laughs> she like, said work. <laughs> she's like, save us. So then Liz goes and she like she is scouring this entire like site. She's looking around. Um, you know, we see other vehicles, we see other belongings to individuals. She finds a whole bunch of camcorders, um, which of course There's so many vehicles on so this. So many side. vehicles. She I think in looking for Ben goes in like in this random like silo looking building and like goes into like a deep basement room and sees dead bodies everywhere. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it's like, okay, it's like I, I get it, you're looking for Ben girl, but like at the same time, I'm like, Go ben. get out of here. You have been hitting every beat I've needed a bitch to hit in these movies, and now you're fucking it up. Yeah. Look for Ben. He's, you know, Mick's not around right now. Yell. Ben. Scream. She's not doing that. She's just looking around. She's, like, in these corners, and she's just, like, finding things and watching video surveillance, camera footage. And, like, she sees, obviously, that Mick has been following them because she's able to find their footage. Um, She finds another camcorder of a family who goes through the exact same scenario that they are in. They're stuck at Wolf Creek. Mick shows up. He takes him to their house. There's a little girl there. Um, so, again, it just adds to, you know, Mick's horrific, you know, killings. Um, but while she's doing this, she finally finds a vehicle. She gets inside the vehicle, and Mick's in the vehicle in the back seat waiting for her. Yeah. And Somehow he knew she was going to pick up this vehicle out of all the vehicles on this property. And he made it back without making any noise, without alerting her that he was back on the ground. Christy like didn't, I guess, see or hear him show up. I mean, she's asleep by the time we cut back to her, so maybe she was already passed out. But he gets inside the vehicle quietly also, like she doesn't hear him get inside. It's crazy, but it's a great jump scare. Because when he pops up in the back, he's like, good day! And just like starts stabbing her in <laughs> the back. Does he say good day? He doesn't. That's okay. Just I was like, uh, that'd be campy as shit. <laughs> that is just me being problematic. 
But he literally just pops up and it freaked the fuck out of me. It was giving very much uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning vibes when Jordana Brewster is fucking gutted from behind with that chainsaw. Uh, it was giving those vibes. And I was shocked in watching it again for the first time. I was shocked when I watched it back when I was nine years old and I was shocked here, girl. Like she gets stabbed in the back and like he gets out, he threatens her and it cuts away. We're only to assume that she's dead. Right. Because we never see her again. It's kind of heartbreaking because again she was hitting every beat until she kind of got distracted she was in her gal weathers era and was investigating and snooping maybe a little too much and she unfortunately lost track of time and was murdered so from here we then cut to christy she wakes up now i think it's morning at this point right uh and so she just runs <laughs> you know she's like liz she like looks around and then she just she <laughs> runs and does again, a quick one too like hmm <laughs> And again, in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm rooting for you. Like, you didn't go look for Liz. Because I, if, if I, if you were like, hey, if I'm not here when you wake up, or if I'm not here in this amount of time, leave, I'm going to do it. Uh, would you do that? Like, if you woke up the next morning and I hadn't returned? In this situation, yes. I'm going to assume yeah. that you're dead. Yeah. So please run. And I would want you to run. So she does. She just starts running. She gets to a road. Um and it's some great imagery to see her on the road by herself. Uh, like, there's a moment that's really pretty. And, like, when you, you know, look up images for the movie, it's one of, it's, like, kind of plastered everywhere. Where she's just sitting on the road by herself. Um, I think just, like, the landscape of Australia just really lends, like, to the color scheme of everything. It's desolate. It's lonely. It's really nice. Mm -hmm. um, but she's on this road by herself, covered in blood, uh, crying. Um, it's great. Like, I don't know. Just, like... The vast openness and, you know, her being surrounded by nothing is so scary in it, you know, in of itself. So I don't know. It's great. Uh, but a random old man pull <laughs> pulls up. Oh, um, this poor old man. I and I was like, when she was walking by herself, I was like, bitch, I was like, Mick is going to roll up in a car and just fucking hit her. I thought we were going to get Ma. Uh, <laughs> and somebody was going to just, I thought, she, I thought Chrissy was going to just get plowed. Um, so we see this car coming down the road. And I'm like, oh, we're getting our Ma moment. But it's an old man. He gets out. He's like, oh, no, what happened to you? With he, his little grocery bag. With his little grocery bag. And he puts her in the car. And, like, he goes to the back. And, like, he has, like, a thermos. He's going to give her, like, some type of hot liquid and, like, take care of her. And then he gets just shot in the head from a distance. Um, and, you know, Mick with his long range. But he's also a sniper. I think at one point he explains that he was a sniper in, like, a war or something. Um, so he obviously has shooting experience. So he snipes this old man. Christy... <laughs> Uh, kind of annoys me she gets out of the car and like looks around and sees him and then she starts getting shot at so she does get back in the car and she just books it which again smart but mick of course is in his little fancy car he zooms up there's like this whole scene on the road where they're pretty much having a fucking fast and the furious moment girl it's crazy <laughs> then diesel pops out out of nowhere <laughs> it's absolutely He's, he wild. like uh what's it called when they slide like drifting? He like drifts into the shot and he's like, <laughs> not my family. It's fucking wild. But we do get to the point eventually where Mick, I mean, he causes her vehicle to crash. Um, she does like a whole bunch of flips. Um, she gets out of the vehicle and we get this amazing shot. It's just a far distance shot. We just see the crash car. We see Christy getting out of it. She's on the floor trying to get up and move away. Mick just walks up behind her and pulls out his gun and just shoots her. Um, it's like mm -hmm. a single frame, one shot. It's great. It's eerie. It's upsetting that she's shot like that. And she's dead. And then we cut back to Ben, and he's able to escape. He's been tied up this entire time. I thought he was dead this whole time. Thought he was dead the entire time, and then he just, like, runs off into the distance, and he's able to escape. And he's the lone survivor. 
Um, and, you know, uh, it explains to us that Mick is never found. And that's pretty much how the movie wraps up. And honestly, guys, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's quite literally the movie. Like, that's all we get. But every single scene, every single moment, everything that the actors are putting onto the screen makes every minute of this movie worth it. Mm-hmm. Truly. Like, there's, again, there's not, like, a lot happening, but everything that does happen is so effective and, like, so well done that, like, I really enjoy it. And we do get, I mean, technically a final boy in this movie, if you will. Right. Um, and, again, for me, my little self back in the day, this was the first instance I had ever seen something like that. Right. And I remember being completely stunned by it. So stunned that I've never come back. Um, and yeah, and he, and that's pretty much how it ends, y'all. And... Yeah, I don't know. I really like this movie. I really do too. True dread, true disgust. Um, it's not long. There wasn't really any point where I was sitting here like, Ugh, like, let's move on. Like it, it, the pacing's pretty well. It's, yeah, like it's pretty good. As I was kind of I'm upset concerned. that it ended. If I'm being honest, I could have I could have sat and watched more. I could have watched Ben have a little bit of a struggle. Um, I he deserves him more of a chase scene for sure. Yeah, I definitely wish maybe we could have had more, because um, although it's great, again, I really do love this movie. I when it ended, I really was so like upset. I was like, "Damn, I want more!" And mm-hmm. there is a sequel to this movie, and there's also a television series. So like, obviously, other people wanted more. <laughs> right? Horror fans were clamoring for more because the first movie is so solid. I know a lot of people were like, have said only good things about this movie. I'm pretty sure it's. Like a cult classic at this point. Um, so clearly a lot of people wanted more and they gave it to us. I haven't seen anything else in this franchise. I know nothing else about anything. So maybe I can give it a girl or <laughs> give it a whirl. But yeah, I mean, I just wish we'd have gotten more in this movie because it's so well done. I enjoyed it. It's a little... Um, it fills my torture porn need without getting too torture porny. Does that make sense? Like, it's a little bit... C-17 versus, like, (laughs) X-rated. And when you go and, again, read, like, some of the real murders, Mm -hmm. they were brutal. Yeah. Like, when I was looking up their names, I was seeing, like, a little, I was getting a little bit of a taste of what happened, and I'm like. Like, like, Ivan was quite, uh, taking knives and, like, shoving into the spinal column and causing paralysis and decapitating individuals' heads and was stabbing people upwards of 19 times, they were brutal, girl. So, I mean, and the movie, again, I mean, it does a good job at, like, bringing the terror and bringing, like, the unease about everything. Well, because that's what he does to the first girl, is he stabs her in the back and pulls up, which is up the spinal cord. Yeah, Yeah, he kills her that way. Um, And we also, when he's talking to Christy and obviously pointing to the woman who he had previously Decapitated, right. She's right there on the screen. Decapitated. Um, so obviously, like they took these stories and they implemented, uh, you know, aspects of these murders and put them into this movie. I think if we're looking at movies that are based on true events, quote unquote, this one I think does a pretty. I mean, I, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to speak for the families of the victims or anything, but based off of the knowledge of the murders, I think they. You see the brutality. Loosely, yeah. yeah, I can see the inspiration, and I, I think it was well done. I enjoyed it. Also, the moment where Liv uh, has her hands up and he fucking just chops off her fingers. I hate when fingers are chopped off in horror movies because (laughs) it always makes me like. Yeah. I like I get goosebumps. It's such a clean cut, too. It's just like a swing. 
like a katana type shit. Literally was like the cleanest cut you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, John the floor. That shit always gets me every single time. If anything with eyeballs and fingers will always make me like want to vomit. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you rate this? Oh, uh, easy four. Easy. Maybe four and a half, to be quite honest, on a good day. Because I really don't. There's nothing about this movie I don't like. The only thing that maybe I don't care for is maybe the abrupt ending. I would love a little bit more. But even then, the movie is an hour and 39 minutes, so it's not a short movie at all, by, by any means. Um, but they do a good job at, like, establishing everything. Even, like, just watching the road trip, it feels very, I don't know, it just feels realistic. It feels like we're following these people on this road trip. And, like, I don't know, even if they're not doing much, it feels enjoyable. Maybe... I mean, you mentioning YouTube, it kind of feels almost like a vlog, you know, for like the first 40 minutes. Before the horror really starts, Right. it gives vlogging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it's, it's giving early YouTube. It's giving vlogging. Um, ben was ahead of his time. It really was. And I'm like, I'm kind of vibing with it. You know what I'm saying? The personalities seem realistic enough to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm entertained. I'm, I'm having a good time. Maybe just, um, maybe it's my horniness for Ben. Oh, my God. Like. I would say she's probably... I would say a good four, yeah, but I want more gore. Okay, you're right. We could use some more gore for sure, mm-hmm. especially with how gritty it is. Because we get like the uncomfortable feeling, and obviously, like the premise is, yuck. Like you get the yuck, but I don't get the visual yuck. You know what I mean? And I, I like the squish. And I know Australia, uh, uh, spe- especially speaking with Kat about it, Australia had, um, you know, th- I mean, a lot of horror movies and, you know, films in general were banned from the country. So I don't know if maybe they were just trying to keep the gore itself to a minimum. Yeah. Maybe their rating systems. Yeah. But I would love more gore for sure. Yeah. Um, I do wish, and I don't mind the abrupt ending, I guess, in comparison, it definitely, it leaves you feeling kind of empty and i think that's the idea i do like it because it opens us up for the sequel you're right and i'm sure that's why they did it is so they could have it open-ended okay in case yeah. it was a hit um but i i don't disagree i, I would love more i would mo- i'd love more i would just like to see a little bit which more i mean we definitely get and we'll frame it you know <laughs> what I mean? we get the sequel but <laughs> okay you're right though yeah maybe a little bit more gore um maybe uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe an extra five to ten minutes of runtime would have been really cool. But beyond with, that, with like Ben, because we really don't get much of him near the end. Because he's such a prominent character. Obviously, they all are. Like they really establish these characters well. And if anything, he's like the charisma of the friend group. But so also, maybe like their vision was to stay more true to the two female characters and because, because the they threw ones. Ben. As far as I could tell in the very small bit of research I did about the actual murders, murders is that like the two girls were involved together. Yes. Like this Liz and Car- yeah. uh, Caroline, right? Liz and Christy. Christy. Yeah. Are Real name's Joanne and uh, Caroline, I think. Right, right. Okay. Um, like the, those two are together. And then yes. like just in, for movie's sake, for face value, <laughs> we threw this. Extra this boy in. Who survives, yes. Right. Because in real life, yes, the two uh, British women were murdered. And Correct, found yeah. Murdered. So maybe, I'm wondering if maybe that was intentional. That's why we spend so much time with them is to kind of, I don't want to say memorialize them, but like stay more true to the story. Yeah. Or I mean, it's definitely about them and what they go through. Yeah. And Ben is kind they of just like added on character. Didn't yeah. want to put too much light on this random character that they added. 
Yeah, because I think they did, like, again, want it to be based on tree events as much yeah, as Because he kind of feels like a vehicle in a way. I mean, he, t- he quite He quite literally, literally buys is. a vehicle. He quite <laughs> literally buys in the vehicle to take him here to be murdered. He is thrown away and disappears for, like, 40, 50 minutes and then comes back and survives. So that's well, the only reason I mean, I'm a little, like... Having mm. not seen the sequel, knowing nothing about the sequel, this is just me fucking spitballing, but what if Ben... Is working <laughs> with, with Nick, Nick or something? Yeah, maybe. I want to watch the sequel <laughs> now for sure. I highly doubt that that's the case, but <laughs> <laughs> that would be wild if that's really why they didn't focus on him. Yeah, kind of makes him a red herring of sorts. True, and I also don't want to be like. I wish I could have seen more of this cis white man in my movie <laughs> instead of these two amazing women who are doing everything they can to fight back against this sadistic individual. No, for because sure. They're. I mean. I mean it's perfect. It quite honestly is. I love their scenes. Christie's death in particular is one of my favorites um, because it's also a broad daylight death scene, which are always so visually striking and upsetting, Quite to be quite honest. Um, so, like, they do such a good job. Everything with the girls is so solid. I can't be upset that this man just disappears. But character-wise, like, I was enjoying what he was bringing to the table. So for him just to completely disappear for most of the movie and then just pop up at the end and survive is kind of upsetting to me right um and yeah that's really all i really have to say i would still give it a solid four stars how do you feel about rewatchability oh i would rewatch this movie okay yeah she's quite again i'm so sad that i have not come back to this movie until now because i really do like it and i think in terms of my you know simple knowledge of the subgenre i think she's probably maybe one of the best but we'll see. We'll see as the month goes we'll see. on. Yeah, I was like, we'll we see have what she ranks at the end of the three month. more weeks. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's pretty much everything this week, guys. Um. We really appreciate it. So let me go ahead and of course get our Patreon list pulled up, Stormy. But while I do that, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can email us at slash her pod at gmail dot com. You can listen to us on. Most platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. Um, go ahead with our... Oh, obviously, find us on Patreon at Slash Her Pod. <laughs> uh, yeah, find us on uh, Patreon, y'all. And let's go ahead, of course, and give it. A shout out to our amazing Patreons. Um, again, on our Patreon, guys, we do have three tiers. You, of course, can join us as the opening kill, Butchered Bestie, or a final girl. Um, all tiers are fantastic and offer bonuses to you guys. Um, and obviously allow you guys to discuss things with us and offer suggestions for bonus episodes for the month. And, you know, as the Patreon grows and develops, I mean, we can definitely bring more to the table. And there's a lot of stuff that we talk about. Um, if you can imagine it, we're even more unfiltered on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, but she is correct. Um but yeah, again, there's options. Go check it out. Like Stormy said, you can go see. Uh, I mean, the link is in the description, so go click on it below. We appreciate every single one of you. <laughs> yeah, and join the family, y'all. But yeah, let's go ahead and give a shout out to our Patreons. So we do have um, some new ones. So thank you guys so much for continuously just popping up. So, of course, let's give a shout out to uh, Patient C, Michael D, Annie C, Yvette R, Reed J, 
Alma R, A Nightmare on Fear Street, the unofficial film critic, and Sarah G. So thank you guys so much for being fantastic and amazing Patreons. And anybody else who wants to come and join the family, please do. We're gay and happy and nasty and dirty and all those good things. Um, and thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with more Road Trip Horror. And check your back seat. Stay spooky. Bye. Stay spooky, guys. Bye. <laughs>